is Jeans and a Nice Top, a crash course in modern dating with Ash and Mel. Hi, Ash. Hi, Mel. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to another week of Jeans and a Nice Top. It's all happening. Um, we're here. It's just us again. It is just um, us again. We sometimes hope- I'm like, is that disappointing? Yeah. Are you guys sad? <laughs> Do you miss our guests? Do you want? Do, is there anyone in particular you want to hear from? Let us know because we could get more yeah. guests. Let's ask more guests, or perhaps <laughs> or just more as, guests. Yeah, more guests. Maybe more us. Who knows? Tell us what you Who want. Who knows? Yeah, tell us what you want. We don't know. We're not mind readers, but we did have heaps of new people joining the group. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook. Jeans and a nice jeans top. Jeans and a nice top. And you know what's so great about being in there is that you just have this, like, free pass to write these lengthy essays about your personal problems, which I just have always loved having a space for that. Mel's like, yeah, but Mel gets paid. That is called her job. <laughs> so if you insights as my diary. If you're an accountant and you can't get paid for it, there's the group. There is yes, the group. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, yeah, we've been having lots of those and then heaps of people joining in and and dropping their advice which yeah. is great yeah um and yeah just good to see love it love love the energy in there at the moment big time and mel what's been happening with you this week what's news well i've had oh i mean i've had a pretty generally cruisy week but then today i had heaps of anxiety so it's kind of started yesterday mm. and i wanted to talk about it in a bit more detail because i think that one of the hardest things for me is that when i get into an anxiety spiral it's often centered around a thought or like a concept or something that I've convinced myself is true um, or is an issue that I need to deal with now, now, now. Um, And I think it's often you don't really hear people talk about the specifics, um, particularly around relationships. So you guys would all know by now that I, I get anxiety in relationships and I'm in a relationship and it's been pretty okay. Like I've actually had less anxiety than I ever have in this relationship. And part of that is learning about attachment theory, which is my new favorite thing. I literally was like the other day, I said to Kate, I've become that person. You know, the meme and it's like the girl pouring milk into the other girl's mouth. And it's like me. Anyone. Attachment theory. <laughs> I know. I mean, I haven't seen you in the past month and we haven't discussed it. So, yes, you are pouring that milk. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so basically that has helped a lot. But just generally I always just wish that people talked about their experiences because I think that's when you just feel like, oh, fuck, thank God I'm normal. Thank God I'm not, like, crazy or, like, you know, losing my mind, I guess. Yeah. So really at the moment, my anxiety, I couldn't, at first I couldn't pin it down. It was just general like anxiety around my relationship, being in a relationship. And then I kind of nutted it down to, I freaked out that I couldn't have any more like experiences of my own. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this is a common thing that I have with relationships is I feel trapped or tied down. I feel like I'm so used to being single and whenever I'm single, I think I try to fill a lot of my time with like adventures and doing things like, you know, whether it's chasing a career or like traveling and things like that. And it really does fulfill me to do new things. 
But then it's like I get into a relationship and I decide mentally that I can't ever do that again, that I'll never have my own experiences because I'll be sharing them with someone else. And it's funny because I was doing that in my head and just getting myself into this. And it's a really awful place. Like if I could describe it, it's kind of like there's like a cloud over you and, and this constant sort of unease in yourself and you find it really hard to focus. Like I, I, I try to distract myself with work or with projects, but I can't really do anything that is creative because I just don't have the capacity. I just am so consumed with stuff, but like menial tasks can help a little bit to take the edge off, like, you know, more admin stuff with work. Like I'll usually sit down and do really like boring admin things that I've been putting off for ages, which is also like, you know, two birds, one stone. Yes. Um, (laughs) Or like, you know, editing podcasts can work, like that's fine. But like, you know, there's like lots of things that I struggle to do when I'm anxious. Um, and so I was just in that zone and then I was with my, sitting with my sister and I was like, oh, I just feel really anxious. And she's like, why? And I explained to her and then she said, but like you've had heaps of adventures with me. Like I've been on a lot of your trips with you. So that's another person that you shared experiences yeah, with. Yeah, you like, do heaps of stuff with Kate. true. And I do stuff with you and I, yeah. no, I don't often do things alone. I do sometimes. And so like I did do, go around Australia on my own and I've been on a few road trips on my own and things like that. But I do prefer company. I just kind of was doing a lot of things on my own because I couldn't find company, like someone that really wanted to go with me to do those things. Uh, So at the end of the day, it kind of comes down to, oh, okay, you've got a really false mindset that like having experiences with a partner is going to diminish the experience for you and make it not as special. But when you think about it, you do so many things with another person. It's just usually been a friend because I haven't had a partner, right? Yeah. So I kind of like did explain it. And it's funny when when you address it head on like that, it does dissipate somewhat. Like it really like diffuses that thought. And I've found that way more helpful than cognitive behavioral therapy and other sort of, I guess, psych stuff that I've been given over the years. Because for me, I'm so analytical And I'm so like action based Mm. that I'm like, if I've got a bad thought and it's about needing to make a decision somewhere or like this thing is bad for you or this is going to ruin your life, I panic and then I can't, cognitive's not going to fucking work. Like I can't, (laughs) it's it's like that would, that would make me feel insane because I'm like, no, I can't like like, try and like push the thought out. I, I need to be thinking this. Whereas if I can address it and, and, and I guess hit it with some realism. Yeah, that often helps me. So I don't know if other people deal with this. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would deal with anxiety that listen. I think it's pretty common for our generation. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that's helped me. It may help you. And then particularly around relationships, um, you know, I really back attachment theory as something to read up well, on because <laughs> there it is, ladies and gents. She went a whole four minutes without bringing it up. <laughs> it's a record. It's a fucking record, but it's honestly helped me so much. And I just think for so many years, I was tortured, like tortured by thoughts, particularly when I was younger. Like relationships were more torture for me than anything else back when I was younger and there it's better now, but when you go through it, it feels like absolute shit and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. So, uh, that 
anything I can do to help other people mm. I want to do. So that was my experience today. But, you know, now I'm doing okay, feeling fine. It's interesting <laughs> about the boundaries, though, because I, as someone who doesn't suffer from anxiety, I set really like firm but kind boundaries with that stuff. So like if I would think instead of thinking I won't get to experience things on my own, I just say, hey, I'm going I'm going for a bushwalk this Sunday um, on my own. So yeah. and instead of being like, do you want to go for a bushwalk on Sunday? And then when they say, oh, no, I want to watch the footy, then I'm like, oh, okay, I'll watch the footy with you. I'm like, mm. no, no, I'm going for a bushwalk. What, what are your plans for dinner? I'll come over. We can, we can cook. So just trying to be really firm on those boundaries so I don't miss out. Because yeah. in so many past relationships, I missed out by just being so like passive and like, okay, yeah, let's do that, whatever. I don't really yeah, mind. Right. And then it all built up until I was like, I never go for a walk. I never learn cross stitch. I never learned the guitar. It's all your fault. And then it just yeah. bubbles up after five years and you just go nuts at them because you're like, we're joined at the hip. No, that's a really, that's really good advice because I think that a lot of the time, yeah, like you said, like people just, and that's probably kind of what I've been doing is mm. like, just assuming that everything has to be done together and no. that you, you know. And I think also for me, I probably need, like, I definitely go all in with stuff. So I'm like, I want to see you all the time and, you know, all of that stuff. And then I think it becomes too much for me where if I gave myself some downtime, like actual downtime, this is something I'm learning just the last few weeks is yeah. like, I'll have a night off, but then I'll make plans with friends. And so it's not really a night off. Like I don't have a night. Like I think I went through like two weeks where I didn't have one night to just myself. I was either at a work thing, I was out doing Mm. stuff with friends, or I was with my boyfriend. And I think that it's really important to give yourself some you time, particularly if you've been single for a long time and now you're in a relationship because it's quite a massive Like, I don't know if you felt like it's a huge fucking life change. My sister explained it like this, like you've got your whole life. It's like a circle. And so you have all these pie slices that are like work, friends, family, like alone time, like Netflix. Yeah. (laughs) Literally catching up on shows. Yeah. All in this pie. And then you're bringing in a giant chunk of pie and just shoving it into that circle and everything has to adjust. And I feel it so hard because I fill my life with stuff. Like I fill it with, you know, the gym, weirdly, when I'm single. <laughs> Ash is like, um. We, yeah, we, no, but we're the exact opposite, man. Like, yeah, I've, I, I, I can't relate to that. I think it's like 70% me, 10% friends, 20% yeah. patch. Like that's, he gets two to three nights a week in my time. That's that's the but capacity I got. Still putting him into it was difficult. Well, I think because I was so firm on my solo nights, so now it's like, like I would spend five nights of the week alone without seeing a friend, even. So, yeah, yeah, and right. it's not that I don't have friends; it's just that I can't take it on. It's so yeah, weird. No, like I just yeah. went we, every time, like even recording this very uh, lovely podcast. Mel say, "When can you record?" And I'm like. No, 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 dude. When can you record? Because I am free <laughs> all of the time. Like, I just don't fill my time because I'm so scared of being overloaded. And who knows? Maybe I miss out on connection experience. No, like, I think that's just really all smart. that downtime. But putting clutch into my life was definitely um, uh, 
it was a learning curve, but one that I was really staunch on things that w- were to go were like the things that went were work events. So yeah, not right. like I was like, what has to go? I'm like work stuff. So instead I would have said yes and then I just said no. Oh, and then I lost my job. So. <laughs> <laughs> not well, because of that, guys. Not because of that. Not like, because of that. <laughs> yeah, then I lost my job. So <laughs> so I just lost Good. my job but I kept my boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's actually smart, Ash. And do you know what? Like. I do feel, as someone who's also your friend, not yeah. just your podcast co-host, that you have a very well-structured life. Like, Ash does not say yes unless she feels she can take it on. Yeah. Whereas I think I say yes constantly and then overload myself and then hit a wall, collapse, can't Cancel cope. everything. And just, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm really trying this year to – push the other way and and sort of not say yes to everything and and watch my week fill up and be very cautious about it yeah but yeah it's really hard and it's different personalities as well but regardless I think it's always going to factor in like something yeah like you said you cut work events yeah um I yeah and I am still working out (laughs) and that's it's so hard it's so hard to factor your time in no matter Mm. what you do or if you've where you live, how many mates you got, if you're partnered single, like something is always vying for your time. It's 2021. We're busy yeah, humans. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but this, I feel like this segues into what you were going to tell me about because I've only, we've only talked about it very briefly. Oh, yes. Um, I have glandular fever. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. So when I got my blood test uh, the other week, previously, you guys might remember, trigger warning, needles. Um yeah, glandular fever because I was just so tired. Like I just felt like my body was made out of lead. Mm. And it's the weirdest feeling, hey, because I had it a few years ago for context. Yeah, very, very, very tired, like most tiredest I've been. So uh, and then that was sort of I couldn't work it out while I was so tired. I couldn't keep up with my usual routine and that made me sad and then I was like god now am I sad or tired I'm both Mm -hmm. so just don't ignore those symptoms if you are feeling really tired it might not just be that mid-season malaise you might actually have something wrong so make sure you book in see GP get checked out it's worth it so you can keep on top of that coming into winter totally and it's that thing where it's like don't feel guilty when you can't do things no you physically can't do them and I think I really struggle with that. And when I had glandular, I struggled with that. I would be like, no, I need to like go out and see these people. No, I need to go to the gym. And I just physically was, I had a physical issue that was stopping me. Totally. Accept it. Yeah, man. I don't shit. I'll take the lift like two floors up now because I'm like, I need to conserve what little energy I have. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So, what are we talking about today? So, today we are talking about a hot one and it is emotional cheating. Mm. So it's something that I think a lot of people have thoughts, opinions, feelings on. They may or may not have experienced it. But, yeah, that, that's what we're going to discuss today. But I do have a handy definition with me in case, you were, in case you were curious about what it is. So emotional cheating is a particular type of secretive sustained closeness with someone who isn't your primary partner. It's one person making a unilateral decision to cultivate non-sexual intimacy with someone other than their primary romantic partner in a way that weakens or undermines the relationship. Mm. 
Yeah, there is a lot to unpack there. So much. A lot to unpack. There's so many levels there. Yes, yes. But I thought that was quite a good definition that sums it up what it is because emotional cheating isn't them having a work wife or them going to dinner with a mate from school. Mm. Or their best friend being of the same sex as you. Absolutely. It's none of those things. It's it's a lot more than that. Mm. I think, interestingly... I feel like emotional cheating must be so much easier to fall into in these days of social media mm-hmm. because don't you feel like you have all these sustained conversations with people on social mm. that, like, I don't know, it just feels like you could argue away the intimacy of it because you're just texting or you're just messaging or you're just replying to Instagram stories all the time. Like you're not, you know, back in the day you'd have to like ring them up or like go see them all the time and then that's kind of a bit more serious. Yeah, so it's like they're replying to Instagram stories and like those kind of, I mean, of course emotional cheating isn't flirting, but it was interesting that it doesn't actually have to have a romantic element to it. So yeah. some some have reported uh, emotional cheating or some do consider it. Emotional cheating is when you are sharing too much with someone so that isn't your primary partner. So that could be someone at work, a friend, and that is emotional cheating because they've engaged in this sort of deep um, bare your soul sort of inappropriate level of conversation with someone. So it could be argued, I guess, you don't so much do that. Um, it's harder to do that on social. Like you probably yeah. would do that kind of deep um, deep conversing with someone you come across quite regularly. Yeah, I don't know, but then I feel like you could get into that maybe more on Messenger or something, like maybe yeah, 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 yeah. situation, probably not Instagram or something. No, I don't like, know. That was a bad example. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. I, I guess it's like. I mean that, you know, it. our transactions with other people have become so light, inverted commas, yeah. in that sense that, like, you don't pick up the phone to call someone to sustain a friendship. You message them constantly and you di- divulge hugely intimate stuff over yeah. a message. Like, I text people a lot of the time or messenger people for really big conversations. I wouldn't normally have those on the phone anymore and so I wonder if that then makes people go in their brain oh this is fine because you know I'm not seeing them yeah you know and if as well there's no sort of flirty undertone but you're just bearing your soul to them or telling them about some really heavy dramas at work that you cannot you don't feel comfortable talking to your partner about Mm. then there is an element of in inverted commas cheating there as well but I mean when that happens I think if you are the one doing the emotional cheating, you would have to ask yourself, why am I seeking solace in this person instead of yes. my partner? Why? Yes, I think that's the core issue, isn't it? Is like it's not really about because I think you could be, say you have a work wife or a work husband, you could yeah. be telling them about oh, all this shit to do with, you know, your, uh, uh, I don't know, like, a friend of yours that's bothering you or even your relationship. Mm. But if it's whether you're then talking to your partner about that or if you're like kind of limiting the relationship with your partner and instead putting all of that energy into this other person. So it's like you go home and you're just like, hey, what's up? And, you know, it was all very top line with your partner and, and you're kind of redirecting those intimate conversations into somebody else. 
Exactly. It's the exclusion of your primary partner as opposed yeah. to like the addition of, because no one person can be everything to everyone. Like, no, we definitely, and you're going to talk about certain things. Like you're not really always going to talk to your partner about like the shit that bothers you about them no. necessarily straight up. Like sometimes it's stuff that you don't want to say to them because you know that it's like not even healthy to say it to them, you know, or whatever, like say they're like, looking for a job you know and you're feeling frustrated by them being home all the time but you also know that they're going through a really shitty time so you're probably not going to be like unload on them annoying me by being here looking for jobs all the time so it's fine to talk like it's not like about it being not fine to talk to other people about you know or even have an intimacy with other people it's just like I think yeah that when it then like you said you're like keeping it all all this other stuff from your partner and, and using someone else as your sort of connection there. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because if you, whether you're on the receiving end of this kind of connection with someone that has um, a romantic partner or you are building a connection with someone when you have a romantic partner, your intuition kind of knows it's a bit off, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's been some times where someone who that like a friend who has a girlfriend is interacting with me and I'm like, dude, what are you up to? Like this is yeah. crossing this is crossing a line. And sometimes I've been in a bad place and just like let the conversation happen. And then afterwards you you feel a bit gross and you're like, oh, they just downloaded on me about their girlfriend. I feel really gross about it. Like that was not great. Not yeah, great. I really believe in like like, and I'm not a massive believer in gut feelings ruling all because yeah. I find, again, going back to anxiety, it's really hard sometimes to connect with my gut. But I do feel like whenever I've been in conversation with someone who has a partner and it's feel, it feels like it's crossed over, whether it's crossed over in like, you know, sometimes when it gets too flirty, when it gets too intimate something, like I, I felt you it know and that. I felt that icky feeling where I'm like, oh, I should extricate myself from this conversation or I'm walking down a road that I shouldn't go down. Um if I, you know, from an ethical point of view, uh, I've definitely felt that feeling. And I do, I do, it's almost like a fight, fight, not a fight or flight response, but it's like that danger response. Like, you know, like you just know that you're walking into dangerous territory. And if you're the one with the, the partner having these conversations, you would always ask yourself, how would my partner feel if they were listening to this? Like, mm-hmm. what would they make of these conversations, these texts, these emails, these Facebook messages, these like exchanges in the kitchen at work? Because I also think that's a really telling sign. If you're like, they would not be happy. Well, hey, maybe the, this is the wrong thing to do. And same, yeah. would you like your partner doing that to you? Not really. Yeah. So don't engage with it. It's that betrayal thing. And then like, you know, again, it's so situational because, you know, if you've got a jealous partner, mm. it's not okay for someone to be to put pressure on you not to have friends of the opposite sex or of the same sex or, you know, whatever your sexuality is. It's not fair to, for them to put pressure on you to be like, well, you can't have relationships of a platonic kind with anybody else. Um, you know, it's also not fair to read into things or anything like that. But I think it's more in yourself. Would you be upset if this were happening to you if the if the shoe was on the other foot you know I think that's often how I would gauge whether I'm doing the wrong thing or not absolutely Uh, and you know there's still 
every partner I've had has always had a lot of girlfriends, whether they're at work or, you know, mm. it's just they're a well-rounded human with mates of both genders, but I've always been included in that conversation. So I'm um, sure they do all the most of their hanging out alone, but they would, they, I know that there's an emotional connection that we still have that's just for us, that they would yeah. still be, um, I, I'm their person to talk to. It's not their friend at work or their friend from school, you know, it's still me, which I think if you're missing that sort of feeling, then you would ask yourself, is this okay? Yeah, because I know, I think like a big part of relationships is like obviously we're pretty modern now. Like we're not like, oh, every, like you said, it's not everything you get everything from this one person. No. But it is meant to be a partnership at least in, you know, I think most most committed relationships, even if you're open or poly, you know, you, there's still a commitment there that – this person is somebody that I want to invest a lot into and this is my like a partner in life mm. of some capacity uh, and you can't continue that without them being, let you letting them in and letting them be that partner. And I think that's the thing with emotional cheating is you sort of start to put someone else in that position in a way, but then you're still in a relationship. So I always thought, I always kind of saw emotional cheating as the first step to Cheating, oh, cheating. gateway drug. You were like, it's gateway what, drug for it's, sure. It's Bacardi breezes. It's <laughs> it's the gateway the Bacardi drug. Bacardi breezes of the cheating world. The Bacardi breeze. I knew it. I knew they were no good. I knew it. <laughs> because the thing is, is that's that's the bigger issue, right? Is that it's like you're you're you know you've got this work wife or work husband. And then you're starting to like hang out with them more and more and you're telling them more about your life and then you're not really talking to your partner anymore and you're having issues with your partner and but then you're having such a great time with this person and they're so great and they're so amazing and then next minute you're going out for drinks all the time and then you're hanging out and then one minute you're drunk and then you end up fucking. Like, I don't know, I just feel like that is the road usually with these scenarios is that you then start to turn that person into, and I haven't even done it, but I can just see it happening. Like I can see the road from the get-go of like. Yes, you would know that you were sort of in dangerous territory and it was a slippery slope. Yes. But then. And we always, oh, sorry, you go. No, no, go. I was going to say we always do that thing as well where we, greener pastures this new person like the person oh, yeah. emotionally cheating with is perfect and amazing and so laid back and so cool and so chill and so funny and so fun and now then suddenly your partner becomes like the nagging person or like the quiet like insular person why are they always gaming so much why are they never home why are they working so much whatever the thing is and you just turn this new person into this sparkly sunshiny exciting new option and obviously and we've talked about this with like cheating episodes sometimes they are the better option but they're still not going to be as sparkly and sunshiny and amazing as you've turned them into in your head because you're making an unfair comparison with a person you've been in relationship with usually for quite a while where you've reached a sort of intimacy level that's very deep and often kind of more unseen day to day and then you've created this new exciting thing with a new exciting person. We haven't gotten to know them properly yet. Even if you've been friends with them for ages, you don't know like everything about their life. You haven't seen them day day in, day out, and then seen them 
be a piece of shit, you know? Like <laughs> everyone sucks. Newsflash. Yeah, totally. Everyone is someone's ex. Everyone sucks to someone else. Yeah, That's... and everyone sucks in some way to everyone. Oh, yeah. Like, fuck, we're all Sucky. imperfect. We all be dickheads sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that that, like, that is also a big red flag. If you are, like, starting to have those thoughts, I would question that shit big time but before all, making decisions. A lot of people have considered emotional cheating to be more callous, more harmful, more sort of degrading to them because it's that sustained closeness as Mm. opposed to they went on a box weekend and they pushed the stripper like, and then they were pissed. I'm sorry. Like a lot of people would be like, that's cheating. Break it off. He's dead to you. But I would argue that, I mean, and look, there's levels to it, but I would argue that a sustained closeness with a companion who has slipped past friendship would almost be more, would be more damaging, and a lot of people would argue that too. What, what are oh, your I thoughts? I one million percent yeah. agree. One, I would be way more hurt if crushed. I found out. I would be crushed yeah. if I found out that my partner had fostered an ongoing, deeper relationship with somebody else that wasn't me, particularly because it often happens that they don't mention you to this person or they don't really talk about you a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just, like just the the betrayal I think would be greater for me. I've always kind of said this really controversially. The older I've gotten, the more grey area I found physical cheating. Because oh, yeah. the difference between getting fucked up and going out and hooking up with somebody and then immediately telling your partner and regretting it and being like, I fucked up. I was going through a bad pla- bad period. I did this stupid fucking thing. I'm so sorry. That is so different to me than like an ongoing sustained betrayal behind your back thing. And I could probably forgive the former, particularly if there was a, a reason for it in that sense of, you know, I was going through some shit, but I really know that you and I is what's important to me versus somebody who had consistently chucked our relationship in the trash can to hook up with somebody else. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the intention is so different and, and the selfishness is different there. I feel like there's a lot more selfishness to something that's sustained um, and I'm not getting judgy on anybody because at the same time there's so much shit that we go through um, and everybody – I think most people are trying to do their best and, you know, I still think with ongoing sustained cheating, sometimes it's just fucking hard to do the right thing and to make the right decisions and you don't often know what's right in the moment, even in an ongoing sense. But I think for me as a person, if I were being, the betrayal would be way higher for me Mm. in something where it was happening behind my back consistently. And I would also argue that, if the, if the if you're on the receiving end of this emotional cheating, you're just a pawn in this sort of you're you're just an ear. Like uh, by and large, they're actually the, the the person doing the emotional cheating is this is like them just throwing up like a flare. That this is a red flag like, to their partner, like a bit of a cry for help. Like they're obviously not in a place where they're processing their emotions 
well because otherwise they would be confiding in their partner or, um, you know, perhaps seeking help from a third-party professional. But instead they are playing with fire just to feel something to, you know, get a bit dangerous. And if you were on the receiving end of that, I don't think, uh, you know, someone building an emotional connection with you doesn't mean they're going to leave their partner for you. That I think that would be a totally. fool's uh, a fool's errand to continue that in the hope that their um, all of this emotional effective labor that they're abusing of yours is going to end in a relationship. Totally, and I think it's like again, like we've said so many times, like if you're in like a limbo thing, call it out. Be oh like, yeah, what the fuck is this? Like I would be if if you're sitting there waiting for this person to leave their partner for you because you have this emotional connection. Bum, bum. I get that. Like, I get it, right? Because in that position, you think that that's legit. But you c- don't sit there, like, call it out. Be like, what is this? Are yeah. you Leaving going them? to leave your partner for me? Are you not? Like, and if they if they cannot give you an answer, get the fuck out of there, man. Like, it, then the answer is no. The answer is no. And because if they can't give you a straight answer, the answer they're is no. still conflicted with feelings and even if they do leave their partner, they're going to be so fucked up that your relationship is going to crumble. And I've seen it happen. Like I have seen this shit with people where they've gotten into a relationship with somebody who was on the edge of leaving a relationship but still had so much baggage with that relationship. And they I've were been, just lending yeah. an ear, lending an ear. Yes. I've been that person but I didn't come into it while the people were together. I just came in in the like big baggage post-relationship breakdown part where I met a guy who had just come out of a relationship and we clicked. And I can tell you it's fucked up. Like he had not dealt with all of the shit from his previous relationship and then all of that fed into us, like all of it. And then we end up crumbling within three months. So I just, it's not worth it unless, unless this person is like, you know what, I've realised that you're the person that I want to be with and I... They go and they split up with their partner in a really nice way, hopefully. Mm. And then, you know, you guys get together and you genuinely can say that this person seems like they are over that relationship. If you can't say that, it, you're better off just cutting that thing dry and and moving on. You're just wasting your time. Especially when it's usually this ongoing uh intimacy that's non-sexual so yes. they've always got to get out of jail free card because they can always argue to their partner we never slept together sure I confided in her but you weren't around you were at Pilates getting your nails done I was hurting over my job and my lack of promotions yeah girlfriend takes him back your heartbroken sitting there just like what was I the past few months you know chop liver Exactly. Exactly. Like it's you, you are kind of losing out in this situation. Um, And it's easy to fall into that, like kind of accidentally as well, because I think you're usually not the one with any kind of person that I guess you're not betraying anybody because you don't, you're not, you don't have the partner. So it's easy to fall into, I think. And I think it's a bit more, I guess you have more warning signs probably when you do have a partner because you're aware of who you're confiding in versus who you're not. Yes. Whereas if you're the other person, you you just have a new, very, very close friend, you know, so yeah. it's fine. Uh, and But, yeah, it's just a, a fucking minefield and I just think often we get into these and, and I think this is something that 
we see a lot in the group as well is that it's it's really hard when you get into a situation where you develop feelings for someone but the situation is very complicated and or when the person doesn't feel those feelings for you to the same level that doesn't mean that your feelings don't feel any less deep and so I think that's when people get into these situations because from the outside you're like what the fuck are you doing get out you know (laughs) and it's always easy to say you know it's all well and good to say these things when you're not in it feelings are hard to feel and they they sneak up on you especially if you are uh you know just in in a platonic relationship that seems to be growing stronger and stronger but without that marker of sexual intimacy it's really hard to see when it's tipping over into inappropriate territory it's really hard to see what i reckon is like a really good check like not checklist but like checking factor what make a plan with that person and their partner for dinner or something yeah 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 if you can't comfortably do that I feel like you're in an emotional cheating situation. Like if you don't want to see or meet their partner, if you don't want their partner in any of your ever to to be in the same vicinity the, as you. Or if you it. don't want to invite your partner, if it's yeah, you. Like- then that's to me a, a really big def- defining factor because I can't think of a friendship that I have where I wouldn't want that friend to meet my partner. That's true. That's you know? a, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good marker. Great. <laughs> Guys, put that in the um next time Jason from accounts and you sort of build an emotional connection, just say, would I like Fiona to come to tea too? No. Yeah. Cause don't you think like yeah. Absolutely. You don't ha- really have friends. Like you've got friends that you want to see one on one. Like I've got friends that like there's it's not like I want Tom coming along to every single fucking friendship thing that I do. No, but it wouldn't bother you if he was just there. If he if you were like yeah. you, you can come but like don't talk too much cuz we're catching up. <laughs> like yeah, know, like if catch comes I haven't seen a girlfriend for ages. I'm like you're not going to get a word in edgeways, but you're welcome to come. <laughs> just sit there and enjoy the food. Okay? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's <laughs> not going to be a lot for you to like chime in on, not many chances. But yeah, I've I've had friends like that who will li- lie about it. Like they uh, will go and have dinner and I will be like, "Oh, where's so and so?" Like, "Oh, she couldn't come." And I'm like, "This is dodgy. Like how would she feel about you have like you probably didn't even tell her about this dinner. And then, you know, yeah. like, why do you want to have alone time with me? Like, just so you can bitch about it. It's not on. Totally. And, like, obviously if you've got friends, like, sometimes you want one-on-one time with friends. Like, and that's normal. Completely. Completely. But, like, if you never want your friend and your partner to meet, if you don't enjoy them, the idea of them meeting, um or if you are the person in that friendship that is single and you feel like jealous or weird about ever meeting the partner, you know, like that's to me the thing is like it's not whether you hang out one-on-one or whatever, it's the transparency and also the like intention, I think, and it comes out when you can imagine that scenario. And you need to have a conversation to extricate yourself from this situation, whether you are the cheater or the cheaty, uh, in saying, you know, you can't just drop all contact because you have built this really strong connection with someone and there's a friendship underneath that, which arguably has gone too far, but it would be about having an open, honest, you know, communication with them around why this has gone too far and sort of where to go from here because 
you know, you got to call it out either way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But um, yes, I mean, look, no judgment because life's no. fucking hard. Life so. is so hard, man. It's, it's a so miracle that it's a miracle we're all here today. Pandemic all fucked all. up. I think it's just. I think like, the core thing is like, don't like try not to do shit that would hurt other people, or that would hurt things that you know if you think about it if it happened to you that it would hurt you it's not a good idea to do that to someone else. totally if you think wow this would suck if it was happening to me it doesn't matter how fun and exciting it is you're being a sucky person yeah easy that just write that on your mirror <laughs> in mac lady danger yeah, inspirational quotes <laughs> yeah, and jeans and nice top. exactly in bright red lippy matt that stuff dries your lips out it's better on the mirror. Um, but yes, thanks for listening. Thanks for like tuning always. in, guys. It's been Join a pleasure. Facebook group. It has been a pleasure, as always. It is yeah. a, always a pleasure. Um, Share all of your anxiety stories and glandular fever uh, <laughs> stories. We want to hear them. And tips for glandular tips, fever. Yes, and some tips out here. Give Ash your special green juice recipes. I probably, I will actually make it. Yeah, you would make it. I would make you it. You absolutely will make it. Even if it's got like some like crushed up vitamin in it that tastes like pond water, you'd drink it. That's spirulina. I love it. I love it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.